You're listening to Ouija Brats. This is Devin. This is Liz. Hey, Liz, what's up? Not a lot, man. It's Sunday morning and I'm still in my pajamas. How about you? Uh, it's Sunday morning and I'm in an old t-shirt and velvet leggings. It's not morning where you are. Stop it. Nobody <laughs> asked you anything ever. <laughs> <laughs> it is 1.40 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't gonna. I wasn't. You gonna are change. the mayor of Busted Town, my mm, friend. Who asked you? <laughs> I'm the mayor of Busted Town. I'm sorry. Did we not reelect you this year or something? <laughs> You're thinking of Bustedville. Oh, Bustedville. I see yeah. you. <laughs> Whatever. It's a twin city. Okay. It, what yeah. were you gonna tell me about? Well, I mean. Nothing now, huh? Nothing now. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. I'm going to talk. I'm going to mute your audio and I'm going to talk to myself. Liz, I got a question for you. Okay. Do you know how Washington State got its name? Uh, after George Washington? You're right. Yeah. It was named after our first president, just like Washington, D.C. Yeah, that makes it confusing. It does. You know what? And I want to tell you a little bit about that confusion before I tell you the big thing I was going to tell you about. Uh, Because I thought it was interesting, and I mean, let's talk about the state that I love most, which is Washington. So like you said, it was confusing, and it still is confusing. Washington, D.C. was a city and is a city, of course, in the District of Columbia. Uh, Mm -hmm. The District of Columbia, by the way, was called the Territory of Columbia for many years. There was a lot of debate. Do we call it a district? Do we call it a territory? They settled on district, but, I mean, even in the 1800s, territory and district were used interchangeably. So that deepens the confusion with with the Washington name. Mm -hmm. When uh, the settlers in northern Oregon, they asked the government to establish an independent Columbia territory in 1852. Oregon territory (laughs) had just become too big. It was way difficult to manage. So they're like, you know what, let's lop off that northern part. And it's going to be its own thing. It's going to be Columbia Territory. After Christopher Columbus? Uh, No, after the Columbia River. Oh. Yeah. What's the Columbia River named after? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, um, Anyway, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) We do such thorough research on this show. Liz, I didn't care about that part. They were gonna. They were gonna call it Columbia Territory after the Columbia River, which was named I after. We were talking about was named names. after. We were, Columbia Territory was named after your butt. What was Thank the original? You. What was? What was District of Columbia named after? Christopher Columbus. Uh, I don't know, but the Columbia River was named after Captain Robert Gray's ship, Columbia Redivia, and Columbia Redivia means. Uh, Columbia River, duh. Rediviva? Rediviva, Latin for revived. Oh, it was because they rebuilt it. But why'd they name it Columbia? Why did you ask me if you already knew what the Columbia River was named after? I didn't. I'm looking at Wikipedia. Christ almighty, woman. Look at this. Modern And they just say, oh, it was named Columbia. Okay, but Why? Going down this fucking rabbit hole. You did. And you need to come back up for air because I'm not going to okay. talk about that. I'm going to talk about Washington and territories and Get other things. I'm getting you out, pulling you out, my friend. 
Okay, so folks in Oregon said, let's name above us, below Canada, Columbia Territory. And Congress went, mm, we already kind of have a territory of Columbia, also known as the District of Columbia. So we're not really sure what we should call it. Um, let's call it instead Washington Territory, because that's not confusing at all. They literally only had two words in the name of the capital. Yeah. That could be reused. Yeah. And they they could have chosen anything else. They vetoed one to use the other. And it becomes another big issue in 1880s when Washington Territory, they decided to call it Washington Territory. Washington Territory is now petitioning Congress for statehood. And Congress is like, what? But we already have a big deal thing called Washington. I mean, it didn't matter when it was a territory, but now that you want it to be a state and Washington, D.C. is our capital, mm, I don't know. So there was this really prominent lawyer named David Dudley Field II. And he was a okay. cool guy. I happen to like him. He was arguing that naming places after prominent modern Americans was leading to a lot of confusion. <laughs> Yes, like every state has a Lincoln County. Every state has a Lincoln County. There were already like 110 places at that time named Washington. Washington something or other. Washington Ugh. Fort, Port of Washington, uh, you know, Washington is a city, Washington is a town, whatever. So this field, you know, Esquire, was saying, you know what, we should stop naming them after prominent modern Americans. We already have a lot of place names that are Native American place names. So why not use those? A, they're original, and B, they're a lot more beautiful sounding than what settlers are coming up with. Yeah, probably. Probably. Well, in a speech to the American Geographic Society, precursor to National Geographic Society, in 1885, here's a quote from him. He says, What a name is New York for this queen of Western cities. Compare it with that which the Indian gave it, Manhattan or Manahatta, for who its euphony and its significance would not wish the old name back again. So he was singling out in this speech places that the settlers had come up, uh, towns mm -hmm. like Rawhide and Dirt Town. Oh, nice. We actually named a place Dirt Town as opposed to whatever the Indians named it. Uh, Deadwood, Tombstone. Deadwood, yeah. Tombstone, those were actually two other... Uh, examples that he gave saying these are kind of uh, barbaric sounding and we could go back to these very beautiful and original names. I mean, Deadwood so, and Tombstone are kind of badass. Sounding, ah, super badass. But, or like Bitter Creek or whatever. Yeah. But once you're out of that cowboy area, it's going to be very hard to be like, we're the first bank of Deadwood. <laughs> yeah, we're the first bank of Dead Horse Creek. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> of Slaughter City. So, yeah, Field, just like you, was thinking, mm, those aren't very pretty names, so let's use these traditional name places. And he thought instead of Washington, we could use a traditional native name for this whole area and call it Tacoma. Okay. Pretty, right? Well, Washington residents hated this idea absolutely hated it. They were already married to the idea of calling Washington to stare, uh, of naming Washington territory, Washington state. 
And they Mm -hmm. were so pissed off that they wrote a bunch of letters to Congress. One dude even said, quote, it would be a stupid postal clerk indeed who would fail to distinguish between Washington, D.C. and Washington State. So, Uh so, um, we lost that battle. Washington Territory became Washington State, mainly because Washingtonians were cranky people and then there was just congressional inertia where they're like we're not gonna fight this we won't name the whole place tacoma we'll just go with washington what the (laughs) fuck ever fine but as you know we got our tacoma right eventually we decided to name a city in washington state tacoma and that do you know where tacoma got its name i don't actually tacoma was the original indian name for mount rainier Oh, okay. Um, the Salish called Mount Rainier a couple of different names. It was Talal, Tahua, or Tacoma. Uh, but then that Captain Explorer dude, uh, George Vancouver, yeah, he named it Mount Rainier after his friend, Rear Admiral Peter Rainier, when he was exploring the area. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, just like Mount Adams, mm-hmm. <laughs> Mount Rainier. Who cares about the pretty native names? Let's just name them after some dead white guys that never even hung out in this area. They were just important. Yeah, they already have names. They yeah. They already have names, Captain. Yeah. No. They- <laughs> I want to name this whole thing after some guy who's never going to see it. Right? <laughs> I mean, it's like British colonialization. Let's, let's go into... India and go, "Mm, no, I don't like the name of Delhi. We're going to name you Georgetown. Yeah. (laughs) Easier for us. Yeah. Uh, But I think it's pretty cool that this city was incorporated in the 1870s as Tacoma in Mm. um, honor, I guess, or in um, homage to an actual nearby native named thing. So we know how Washington got its name. We know how Tacoma got its name. Uh, Do you know how octopuses got their name? It's a mashup of Greek and Latin, isn't it? It's it's Greek. It's Greek all the way. Is it? Um, Okay. Yeah, the Latin miss... People think that the pus part, P-U-S, would be Mm -hmm. uh, Latin, and it's not. It's actually Greek all the way through. The first part, octo, is Greek for eight. The second right. part, puss, is Greek for one who is cowardly and does not fight. Are Which, you serious? Well, no. Okay, yes. No, don't, you're not. Don't ask me if I'm serious. Okay. Uh, puss is is Greek for one who is cowardly and doesn't fight, which is what emboldened the fine citizens of Tacoma, Washington, to host in the 1960s the World Octopus Wrestling Championships. Oh my god, you're doing octopus wrestling. I told Matt about this. I told Matt this was a thing, and he was like, sorry, what now? Sorry, what now? No, no apology needed, Matt. It is a real thing, and you should be proud that your new adopted state has something as bizarre as octopus wrestling. You're right, I was totally pulling your leg... Uh, pod, P-O-D, or the plural P-U-S means foot in Greek. Okay. Yeah. Before um, before we get into octopus wrestling, do you know how Idaho got its name? N- no, I don't know. Uh, there was a random... 
What? I don't know. It I don't sounds know. like I Idaho. Get I get it. But yeah, there's there was a lobbyist who they were trying to decide what to name um, a new territory in the Rocky Mountains. And he said, oh, Idaho. It's from the Shoshone language. It means the sun rolling down over the mountains. He just made that shit bullshit. up. Bullshit. Yep. He completely bullshitted that. And so they said, okay, no, we're going to call that Colorado territory. Thanks. But uh, the locals actually named a community in Colorado, Idaho Springs. And then (laughs) um, they named a county in Washington Territory, Idaho County, after a steamship named Idaho. Unclear whether it was named after what this George Willing guy wanted to call them. Uh, And then they, they carved off that chunk and it became Idaho Territory. Oh my so god. So for for years and years and years people have been propagating that myth of like oh it's a Shoshone word meaning this that and the other. It's like <laughs> no, it he just thought it sounded pretty and he kept pushing for it. Oh god. Oh yeah. god. Well, I mean it makes sense that it's a made up word when you consider all the other cities and Areas in Washington and Idaho that are named after actual Indian words that sound fuck all like Idaho. Mm-hmm. Good God. Oh, man. But yeah, tell me about octopus wrestling. I just figured that was too short to be an episode, but I needed it to be on record. No, I'm but glad Idaho that that's named on... after bullshit and a lie. I was always really upset that Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, meant heart of the all. As in that thing you, you know, make holes or sew with. Fucking all? That's dumb. Should be heart of the owl. Like, that's cool. That's badass. That could be cool. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't really know what they were trying to say with that, do they? Uh, That's what I read. But that was a long time ago when we were debating uh, as a family what Coeur d'Alene meant. Oh, okay. Yeah. We We knew heart of the... We had that much French among us. Uh, but, you know, Elaine, I was like, heart of the road. <laughs> you drive down the middle of the street in Idaho. Heart of the heart road. of some heart. cheerful sex worker named Elena. <laughs> and she had a heart of gold, that Elena. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man, I'll tell you about octopus wrestling. Because that's okay. something that happened in Tacoma, Washington. Well, originally... Not originally, but I guess the first, like, Western written instance. I mean, you know that there's a lot of octopus stuff in Japanese art. It's not really Mm -hmm. wrestling in the sense that we think of as fighting. Mm -hmm. It's a different kind of wrestling. Uh, But Western octopus wrestling, as far as we can tell hit the uh, public consciousness in this 1949 issue of Mechanic Illustrated magazine. And uh, the writer of this article talks about how he went to Tahiti and he was, you know, working with a local hunter fisher and this guy kind of dove down and wrestled octopuses. As far as I can tell from the two articles I read about this article, I couldn't find the original one. I mean, it sounds like he was capturing octopuses by hand to eat so okay. the wrestling served a purpose, I guess. But because, yeah, yeah right. I, that's fine. Like, you're gonna 
go to fisticuffs with a bear and then you're going to eat the bear. I'm all about that, my friend. You... Yeah, that's a really hands-on approach to fishing. Fair and square. Yeah, that is definitely a literal hands-on approach to fishing. Um, my parents had a Labrador named Sin before they had kids. Mm-hmm. And Sin was the smartest dog they have ever had. They've had some pretty stupid dogs. So it's, I was going to say, that's not a high bar. <laughs> that's not a high bar. <laughs> I've met your but parents' dogs. <laughs> I know, They like couches. <laughs> That's my dog. That's Bailey. <laughs> they all lick couches. Uh, Gus's thing is that he eats rocks. He likes chewing on rocks. That's their latest dogs. But he's figured out that mom makes him spit them out before he gets in the house. And he's figured out how to store them in his cheek pouches like a squirrel. <laughs> so she'll say he's figured out that he can bring her a decoy rock. He'll have two in his face. Oh so she'll say, spit it out, and he'll spit out a rock, and then just kind of look there, but he'll have a bulge in a cheek, and she has to go <laughs> fishing in his mouth to get his backup oh. rock out. Why do I think I want a dog? You want a dog so bad. They're so cool. Anyway, Sin, let's talk about smart dogs for a minute. Uh, okay. My parents were... I don't think they were fishing. I think they were hiking or they were bird hunting. But they ended up by this stream, right? And there was this natural kind of like sinkhole in the stream. You know, rocks mm-hmm. that end up forming up. This this weird little area that kept the stream separate. And Sin, when she knew there were birds in the field, she acted birdie. Which, if you've had hunting dogs, you know it means they act like real squirrely around a certain thing. Or they, they point or uh, they, whatever their instinctive signal is. But she was acting real birdie around this hole. So my parents said, okay, hunt it up, Sin, go get it. Which in the field meant she would have flushed the bird. And at this stream, what she did was she submerged herself, like from the shoulders forward, submerged herself in this hole and pulled out like this massive sucker fish. Oh my God. Yeah. Gross. So she, she caught a fish with her bare face. She was a good dog. Like a sturgeon or something? Uh, a catfish. I imagine it was just a catfish, not as not as cool as a sturgeon. Not a living fossil, but close to it. Um, Nasty. Yeah, so there you go. Well, people used to do basically that, Liz. That is what octopus wrestling was. What you did was you took a... There were two ways you could do it. So you could go with a team up to three divers... And you could have scuba tanks. And this was in the 60s. So think about the scuba tanks they were using back in, you know, then. And they're, they're, and they're diving into the sound? What they're doing is, yeah, there's, I forget the name of this port, but right there by Tacoma, they're going into the sound, uh, which is where the giant Pacific octopus actually lives in large numbers, is in that little sound right there, that part of the sound near Tacoma. And you were diving. It was shallow water. I mean, you didn't have to dive deep. And you were uh, finding an octopus, and then as a team of, like I said, up to three men using oxygen, uh, capturing this octopus. The it, You got more points for this sport if you did it solo and if you did it without oxygen. Well, sure. Yeah, I mean, shouldn't we all? That's I should get bonus points for putting on pants by myself without supplementary oxygen in the mornings, <laughs> but I don't. Um, they would find an octopus, and then there's many difficult parts about capturing an octopus with your hands, right? One, they're mm-hmm. super squishy, so they're just going to, like, squirt out of your hands like so much water noodle. 
Uh, yes. They're strong. Do you? I hated the way those water noodle things felt. You know, those tubes of water that turn themselves yeah. inside out? Gross. Disgusting. They cracked me up. I've, I never owned one, but I always was delighted to see them at gift shops or whatever. Absolutely. I would always play with them, but I never wanted to buy one. Mm-hmm. Um, so you had to catch the octopus, first of all, with your hands. And then if you can manage to, like, hold on to it well enough that it doesn't get away, now you're contending with its arms. And... Like I said, Octo 8, it's got eight of them, and they are full of suckers. And Mm -hmm. so they won't constrict you like a boa constrictor, but, I mean, they could pull the regulator out of your mouth. They could constrict your oxygen tube. They could just get up all on you and make it difficult for you to swim back to shore. Do they bite? No. They have beaks, but they don't really bite people. That's... The beaks are mostly for eating, so that wasn't okay. what the divers were worried about. Mostly it was just like you are now lugging a... Pacific octopuses can get up to 90 pounds. So you were oh trying to, to drag this angry, squishy, wiggly thing through the water back up to land. Because how, yeah. how you won was you got it measured and you got it weighed. And the biggest won. Oh, that's what wrestling is. You're not actually like, you know, arm wrestling it. You're you're wrestling it out of the water up to a judge and being like, put this bad boy on a scale and get your tape measure quick. And then do you dump them back in the water? Or since it's the 60s, are people horrible? Yeah, since it's the 60s, there's three things that you could do. You could dump it back in the water, which sometimes they did. Uh, oftentimes they donated them to a local aquarium, but they also ate them. Okay, I mean, at least eating them makes sense. I just pictured them, like, tossing them aside and, and ignoring them. No, no, they did one of those three things. It started, uh, well, I have a quote for you. Uh, I'll tell you that the the biggest this event got was in 1963, and the World Octopus Wrestling Championship of 1963 drew 5,000 spectators. It was... Wow broadcast live on TV, and there were 111 divers that partook. But spectators of what? Like, they're not looking underwater. They're not looking underwater, but you're watching these teams go in, you're watching them get suited up, you're watching them come out of the water with these, you know, angry, pissy octopuses, and then presumably you're eating food if it is an octopus that they decide that they are going to uh, butcher and eat then, or... You don't butcher a fish, right? You you fillet a fish, you prepare a fish. What's the word? You... That is beyond my capabilities. I don't know. You prepare you it, I guess. You prepare it. Okay, so preparing an octopus for eating? I guess we could call a spade a spade. You're still butchering it, right? Listen, of the um, two of us, only one of us has actually bought an octopus from a butcher um, counter. Excuse you, I bought it whole and I did it for art. <laughs> of the two of us, one of us likes eating octopus and it is not this girl so you should know oh they're gross buddy why would you eat rubber bands sweetie they're not like rubber bands if you cook them right there's no right way to cook an octopus my friend they're delicious but they are smart one time i ate a whole plate of calamari and when i ordered it i thought it was going to be like you know little fried squiggly boys on some noodles but they came out and they were just like lightly cooked so they were whole little Finding Nemo fuckers. And I ate them. And then that night I had a dream that the Kraken ate me. They're very smart. Yeah. 
Very smart dude. Telepathy. Revenge in the dream realm. Yeah. Well, some people think dreams are our alternate realities, so mm-hmm. definitely took some revenge on you. Fuck, dude. Octopus wrestling in the Pacific Northwest really started when there was this local diving group called the Puget Sound Mud Sharks. And on a dive, you know, they were they were just recreational divers. They weren't fishing necessarily. They were just checking out the Puget Sound, which many people do to this day. And while they were um, diving, they found an octopus and they thought, well, you know, okay, that's kind of interesting. Let's see if we can turn it into a thing to get more people interested in diving. Um, uh, Tacoma News Outlet did an article, they did an interview in, in 2017, which one of the uh, members of this dive club was interviewed. And uh, he says, or I guess I'll just quote directly from the whole article. It says, it was something to do, I guess, you know, go out and wrestle an octopus, said Gary Keffler, now in his early 80s and one of the co-founders of the event. He said the idea came from members of a local diving club he was part of called the Puget Sound Mud Sharks. They organized local events and competitions. Since we had the largest octopus in the world in shallow water, we decided it might be a nice event to try and run and do. And we did. Turned out pretty good, Keffler said. It's a challenge. So from that challenge, we turned it into a contest. The sport died out in the 1970s, with Washington state laws prohibiting the harassment or harm without intent to eat of octopuses. Did they make the law to stop it specifically? No, that was just kind of the time when there were a lot of activist laws uh, regarding Mm -hmm. wildlife and and lands being put in place. Um, I don't, my reading doesn't suggest it was to stop this event, that it just kind of stopped it by default. Uh, but the 1970s, Jacques Cousteau came out and he did a film actually with Gary Keffler and some folks from this dive club. Um, oh, seriously? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it was, if I remember correctly, it was called Octopus Octopus. And it was a big shift in the general perception of octopuses. I mean, up until the 70s, they'd been thought of as monsters. Now that's really weird to me because as long as I've been alive, octopuses have been known as being intelligent problem solvers, um, you know, like... Oh, yeah, I love a, them. Yeah, are, I mean, they're just brilliant, dude. They're they're so, so smart and so perceptive. Um, I've only ever known them that way. So it's interesting to me to think that before the Jacques Cousteau films, they had been thought of as these dumb, monstrous creatures. And thanks to this sport, kind of drawing attention to octopuses in general, and then Jacques Cousteau saying, okay, there's a bunch here, let's go out and film them, and we'll work with this local dive crew, the public perception of octopuses changed, and therefore, they thought, well, let's enact some laws that protects them and other sea life. Oh, they were victims of their own success. Victims (laughs) of their own success, my friend. I I love that they made a law about that. And I mean, that really proves that they're not monsters, that you can go into their house, grab them, (laughs) like make them late for stuff and (laughs) haul them out of the water and bother them and eat some of them and they still don't kill you. Because what's the octopus win condition? I guess that it doesn't get dragged to the surface. I think that's Did anybody ever die doing this stupid thing? Nobody ever died doing this stupid thing. I mean... Not in the movie I'm going to (laughs) write. When you get the rights to this, please... 
please make at least a couple dumbass. I mean, this has to be a Jaws level production. And so we at Russia, octopus wrestle you. It's <laughs> a great threat, threat. Why do I sound like Dracula? I can't do accents. <laughs> I like your Dracula. It... Do you have a Gajacusto Cousteau for me? Ha ha ha, We wrestle the octopus and we film it. <laughs> the octopus the is octopus. a noble creature. That will not kill these Thomases. These Thomases. No, he will not kill them. If we watch as he wrestles with great dignity. Nope, you're Dracula dignity. again. Fuck. <laughs> I want to suck with my arms. I don't know what accent that was. Jesus. I got one more Tacoma octopus related thing. Oh, I think it's worth noting for you that Kefler is a big proponent of the Washington laws that prevent harassment of octopuses. Um, mm-hmm. He says that, quote, there's no reason unless you were going to get them to food, get them for food to harm them or to take them. So why bother hurting something that isn't hurting you? I would like to propose, you know how like with Cirque du Soleil, they said, what if we did a circus, but instead of a bunch of animals that don't really have a say in it, we just replace them all with French people? Oh, yeah. What if we did octopus wrestling 2017, but some people were the octopuses (laughs) and they could wear like an octopus suit and they could have a a dive mask and they could be down there. And if they don't get pulled up, they win. And if you can pull them up, you win. No, but it can't be just one person. You need eight arms. So you got to tie four people together. And they're the octopus. And this time, the octopuses can be the spectators. (laughs) We catch a bunch of octopuses and we put them in tanks and we line them up on the shores and we say, you watch, we've done this for your enjoyment. And then a bunch of (laughs) dumbass people balls into the water and wrestle each other? That is what you're no, proposing. they're already down there. They're better off than we were as spectators because they're already down there. <laughs> and they can be like, my great-grandpa told me about this. They used to do this to us. <laughs> I... Maybe if we showed them it was fun, they would want to do it anyway. Do you think they'd spontaneously join in? Like a like at a WWE event? Like they'd start throwing <laughs> shells and stuff? And Hit him with the chair! <laughs> oh. I just think they're really smart. And maybe they'd be our friends if we were a little more chill and didn't bother them all the time. I don't know. The octopus, yeah, it's charming. The same thing happened with sharks, where up until, I think it was like the Montauk, New Jersey shark attacks in the 20s or so, mm-hmm. people didn't really think of them as like, <gasps> you know, up there yeah. with tigers and bears and stuff. They were like, I don't know, fish. Like, yeah. there's lots of fish, lots of them have teeth. Don't stress out about it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, the Montauk ones, that was the one that inspired Jaws, right? That was the bull shark yeah. that went up the river. Yeah. Yeah, because it had, um, yeah, like one of them went up the river and there were a lot of attacks in the ocean. Yeah. And then the people who ran the tourist towns just kept going, don't worry about it. Like, they <laughs> killed a shark and were like, this was definitely it. Don't worry about it. We got him. <laughs> That's so stupid. It's like having a serial killer on the loose in your town and the police hold up like, they find some ancient Indian burial ground and they hold up a femur for that. And they're like, this was him. Caught him. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Because it. the sharks they kept pulling out of the ocean were like five feet long. And they're like, we definitely caught the man eater. 
Don't even Yeah, worry. I think you're giving them a lot of credit. I think it would be like if they went to Party City and got a skeleton. <laughs> and pulled out a fake skeleton. Yeah. Killed him. Yeah. <laughs> you know it's him. Look at this mustache we glued on. <laughs> Villainous. Do you see how it curls at the ends? Shit. Um, octopuses are cool. Oh, one more thing I was going to tell you. Remember, I said that there was something and you wanted to digress, and I love your digression. But I have one more <laughs> Tacoma octopus connection for you. And then we can circle back around to aquariums, because I've got a clarification I want to make for a story that I think... I know I've told you before, and I think I've told on air before. Tacoma. Tacoma is also known, apparently, besides this octopus wrestling event... Tacoma is also known for the Tacoma Narrows Bridge. Do you remember that incident? Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you remember? And of- the Tacoma aroma. Well, I mean, <laughs> that smell from hell is not what I was going to talk about. I was okay. going to talk about going right past it. Yeah, right. We'll just <laughs> give it the old Tacoma screw. <laughs> <laughs> Galloping Gertie is the name that the the workers gave Tacoma Narrows Bridge. They were building it from 1938 to 1940, I believe. And it was called Galloping Gertie because even as they were building it, gusts of wind that bridges should be able to withstand would make this this bridge, which I think was the longest suspension bridge or the third longest suspension bridge in America at the time, would make this thing do the fucking wave. Oh, God. It was like riding a bucking bronco. And so, of, of course, November 1940, 40 mile an hour winds hit the Tacoma Narrows Bridge and it collapsed a middle section of it straight down into the water below. Holy fuck, they did a bad job engineering this bridge. There's two upsides to Galloping Gertie collapsing in the middle. Three, I guess. The first was that this totally changed the way bridge engineers thought, worked, developed, installed bridges. So we now have much safer bridges thanks to this one. Shit in the bed. The (laughs) second thing is we got a much better Tacoma Narrows bridge out of it. So the second one is sturdier. The third thing that's cool is that the section that collapsed and fell into the water actually turned into an artificial reef. That's awesome. I would say the fourth thing is, isn't this the one they got on video? They did get it on video. They did. Oh, man, this thing might as well be a bowl of jello. It It looks like a video game glitch or something. Doesn't it? It just, I mean, you see the little tremble and then it just kind of like. Yeah. And then it's done. You know exactly. You shouldn't do yoga. You shouldn't twerk. (laughs) Stop doing payo. No! <laughs> oh, man. Well, that bridge did a down dog straight into the fucking water, my friend. It oh, pooped itself. Um, but the, the new reef, this artificial reef that got built up, has become a haven for giant Pacific octopus, uh, which live usually about four years in the wild, and they reach 50 to 90 pounds is a typical octopus at four years old. However, there's a legend surrounding octopuses, Galloping Gertie, and that section of water, which is that there is a local legend that there is a 600-pound giant, giant Pacific octopus called King Octopus that lives in that artificial reef. 
That's descriptive, but not very creative. Not very creative. King Octopus, the giant Pacific octopus, has been reported uh, since the bridge collapsed, basically. You know, since the 1950s. People say that they were walking on the beach and they saw an octopus arm come out of the water, you know, 15 feet. Or divers have said that they saw an octopus down there that was much, much larger than they expected. And yeah, wrestle that fucker. Yeah, right, right, dude, go for it. You want to wrestle an octopus? <laughs> go for it. There you go. That's everything I have for you about that's that's factual or legendary that I have pre-researched regarding Washington and uh, octopuses. It is not octopi. I was telling you earlier, octopus mm-hmm. is a Greek word, so it's Latin. That if you are going to pluralize, you add I. That is not correct for octopus. It is octopuses. However, Merriam-Webster lately has decided that so many people have decided, like, that they're going to try to sound smart and use octopi. That they, it's, it's like how the words ironic and literally have taken on a new meaning because mm-hmm. people use them differently. And that's something that happens. Language morphs and whatever. So maybe it's not... Um, what is that called when you're trying to come up with the origin of a word? It's not etymology. It's not etymologically correct to say octopi, but it is now societally correct to say octopi. I'm going to go with octopuses. Because yeah. octopi I like sounds... octopuses. Yeah. But you get to say well, pieces. Yeah. That's a funny word. It is. And with that, it's like, okay, well, even not all Latin words take I when they're pluralized. Dude certain ones and if they're masculine and this and that but i feel like what we can say is that's not how you would pluralize octopus in latin but it seems to be how you pluralize octopus in english in american english correct yeah go for it we yeah (laughs) seems to be the way it is i as much as i love a high horse uh i still am more on the side of the you know descriptivist dictionary type thing. Descriptivist, that's exactly it. Yeah, when words completely lose a meaning that we needed, that's irritating. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're not losing anything on this whole octopus deal. Oh no, that's one of those words where you're like you don't think it be like it is, but it do. And then Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then there are words like literally that I want to have a set meaning because we do need that word. Yes, we need a word for this actually technically happened in the way that I'm describing it. Well, thank God we came up with our own. We've got safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got safety. Everybody can start using safety now. Yes. Uh, yeah, It. I feel like here. here's the Ouija broad stamp on this is octopuses <laughs> or octopi are both correct. And if anybody comes at you with, actually, that's not correct. Oh, not. You can just be like, actually, it is. And let me introduce you to a podcast that told me that's the way it is. Mm-hmm. And they research these things like really yeah. thoroughly. So you should, I don't know, Liz. My thought is that I don't want you to say octopi unless you're bringing me eight pies. Oh, <laughs> that but, I with. Uh, but I will still allow it because you just put our stamp on it unilaterally. Yeah. I did. Well, with both of them, you know what the fuck people are saying. Right. You know the fuck I meant, dude. So chill out. Yeah. We're cool. Mm-hmm. Friends, Roman countrymen, we hope you enjoyed learning about 
Washington, Tacoma, and octopuses. If you'd like to learn about some wonderful new facts on next week's episode, I think you already know this, but I'll tell you anyway, you can join us on Podbean. You can join us on Instagram. Nope, you can join us on iTunes. I mean, you can join us on Instagram too. But if you want to listen to us, no, God, it's not Instagram. Fuck me. It's iTunes. Go to iTunes. Go to Podbean. Listen to us. We are very fun to listen to, I think. And then if you want to look at us or read at us, that's when you go to the Instagram, you go to the Facebook, and you go to the Twitter. Mm-hmm. Socialists there. Um, yeah. Also socialists there. Yeah. And the website where we put up show notes and then also guides. And we just did Ouija Broad's Guide to Hotels, where... We talk about all the different hotels that we've covered. What kind of website is that again, Liz? It's our proprietary website. It's our proprietary website. Liz says we. What she means is she. She did all the fucking work on this hotel guide. Thank you, (laughs) Liz. you covered more of the hotels, so you Uh, did the initial work. You know, that's what I did. I did the research. You did Manresa. You did... I have to put in Hasita Head because I forgot that it was a hotel now. You did Oregon Chateau. You did... um, all of the work. I did all of yeah. the work is what Liz is saying. She did the Davenport. Ugh, barely counts. I did the Davenport and I still, I keep tweeting and I still can't tell. I have like a close relationship with whoever runs the Davenport's Twitter feed and I still can't tell if they figured out why I'm interested in the Davenport. They think you are someone's grandmother who is yeah, just a local historian. Yeah, well. Well, oh, well. Yeah. You did Manresa. I did Spokane Street. And I did Hotel de Harrow out of Afterglow Vista. Did you put Spokane Street on our hotel list? Are you sending people to that? Yeah, because they have to pay us money to listen to it. <laughs> That's my first fucking day. Yeah. <laughs> put Al Spa Tub Motel while you're on it. Go ahead and put, oh put Bennett Bay while you're on it. At least Bennett Bay's just- legit. I should just walk up to Al's Spa Tub Hotel and just be like, so tell me about the murder. Walk up to Al's Spa Tub and be like, so tell me about the VIP room. What does that give me? <laughs> oh, God. It's got its own street access, I see. So. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, every time I walk past that thing. Oh, Man. My God. We'll do it one day. We'll do it one, one day. One day. There's got to be a crime. Uh, has to be. Yeah, when you say the murder, they'll be like, which one? Yeah. Be more specific. <laughs> You mean this week? Um, (laughs) Well, if you want Liz and I to spend the night at Al's Spa Tub Motel, you will have to donate to us on Patreon. Because even though it's probably pay by the hour, I don't even have that much money. (laughs) Check us out on Patreon, folks. We love your support in any way we can get it. But if you want to throw us a couple of bucks in this holiday season... You can get all kinds of cool shit by doing just $5 a month. I think there's a bunch of stuff you get. You get like a sticker and a note, and then you get access to the Mm -hmm. seance, which is where we post stuff that we're not quite willing to not put behind a paywall. Um, Yeah, buy your friend a Patreon thingy for us. Oh my gosh. get to enjoy it. Christmas gifts for your friends right there. I will personally stuff their stocking. And we have a very low carbon footprint. (laughs) <laughs> but a very That's high carb imprint <laughs> yes <laughs> or input shoot my friends okay well no don't shoot your friends there that's where commas are important shoot comma my friends <laughs> period i'm hungry so i'm gonna wrap this one up i want to eat a snack um 
other than all those those social media things we listed and hoping that you join us list next week, we hope that you live weird. Die weird. And stay weird. I like it. What are you going to have for your snack?